There's a ghost town lying in the middle of the oldest desert in the world. Once a booming diamond mining town in Africa, now buried under the sand. Hello and welcome to another Midwest Ghost Town podcast. My name is Dan Klein. I'm your host, your history enthusiast, your ghost town and abandoned history adventurer. Like we say on this channel, let's keep history alive. And one way we can certainly do that is by talking about it, making this podcast, and of course, videos as well. So last week, we had an opportunity to go back into history and learn about one ghost town that was buried under the sand up in Michigan, along Lake Michigan, on the sand dunes. And it was interesting because I had an opportunity to learn more about that from the author Amy Piper, who is writing a new book um, about Michigan. She has one, of course, that she has right now, 100 Things to Do in Lansing, Michigan, which is a fantastic book. And we were kind of going back and forth on social media. And I said to her, hey, as you're writing this new book, talking about some you know strange and unusual things in Michigan, one is this town called Singapore, Michigan. And of course, she got really excited by that and said, oh my goodness, it is one of the 100 things that I'm actually mentioning. I just wanted to know if you thought that was probably something I should include. And I said, absolutely. So the history of Singapore is strong. And of course, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, I encourage you, go back and take a listen. Um, it's really a fascinating thing. Of course, we typically do this podcast um with a script. And so we're going to do things a little differently this time, where on part two, as we go into ghost towns under the sand, I am going to basically be kind of talking about uh, things openly in discussion without a script. So here we go today. I'm excited to say also, before we go too much further into the episode, I've had a couple people talk to me, good friends, people who are professional podcast people about microphone. And I'm excited to say, hey, I got a new microphone coming, weighted. It's going to be awesome. Um, the microphone that I'm using now doesn't allow me, well, I shouldn't say that. I can put more video of me on there as well, but it doesn't look like I'm very professional when I have a headset on. So we are working on those things and that's going to be coming. But today, part two, we're going to get out of the Midwest and we're going to even go a little bit further as we talk about this particular ghost town. We're going to actually leave the United States altogether. We're going to cross over the Atlantic into the country of Namibia, Africa, where we're going to be studying or at least talking and discussing the ghost town of Kolmanskop. Now, if you've never heard the story of Kolmanskop, it is an interesting story. It definitely fits what we're talking about ghost towns that are, of course, buried under the sand, Colmanscott being one of those. And how this really caught my attention to begin with was that, of course, as I was scouring and researching, all of a sudden I found these absolutely beautiful, stunning pictures by James Kerwin. Now, some of you who are artists who have studied photography might be aware of what I'm talking about, but if you're not, I guarantee you, and I'll show you the pictures that we have, but James Kerwin has some amazing pictures, and this ghost town happens to be one of the most photographed ghost towns in the world, simply because of the beauty of the landscape, the way that the light hits the buildings, the way the sand is burying these buildings and the town, and so it's fascinating, really. And so these photographers are going, James Kerwin being one of them, and caught some famous pictures, one of them called Floating Door, right, which shows this door kind of in the background, 
kind of by itself, floating in the sand as like a sand is in the waves, right? So Coleman Scott caught my attention, and so that is where we're going today. Now, before we go too far into Coleman Scott, it's really important just to kind of back up a little bit and go into the history of Namibia, the country. And Namibia itself is fascinating simply because this country, if you look at a map and you look at where it's located, it seems to be um, just northwest of South Africa. And of course, it houses one of the oldest deserts in the world. And of course, we'll get more into that with the Namib Desert and talk a little bit about the age and how this kind of plays into things. But Namibia is a fascinating country, to say the least, having the oldest desert in the world. And of course, in the middle of that desert, having the ghost town, Coleman Scott. Now, I will say this immediately up front. You can't just go visit Coleman Scott just because. And if you look at the map and if you look at the desert, it's extremely out of the middle of nowhere. It's extremely in a desert and that's off limits. So you can't just go visit Coleman Scott without a permit. And of course, there are um, companies that are in play that you can pay and they'll take you on a half day excursion to go check out the ghost town and take pictures and so forth but you just can't go on your own out in the middle of this desert so just kind of putting that out there first but namibia as a country is fascinating you know a couple things i didn't know about the country that like i said houses the oldest desert uh the only desert in the world where you can actually find large mammals like elephants rhinos lions and giraffes so that was mind opening the other thing was it holds the highest sand dune so, and I'm not going to pronounce this right. I'm going to try my best, but I'll even put the spilling here so we can see it. But the Susave sand dunes are some of the highest in the world. I thought that was pretty fascinating. And of course, the second largest canyon is also found in Namibia, the home to the Fish River Canyon. So this is some neat landscapes that we kind of have in this country. And that kind of just kind of leads us to the story of Coleman Scott. Now, Coleman Scott is a ghost town, like I said before, in the middle of the Namib uh, desert. And it was named after a transport driver named Johnny Coleman. So I thought that was kind of fascinating. During a sandstorm, and he abandoned his ox wagon on a small incline opposite the settlement. And once a small but very rich Mining village. Okay, so here's here's the catcher and what happens here. Coleman Scott is discovered, but that wasn't the end of it because in 1908, and a worker by the name of Zacharias Luwala finds a diamond while working in the area, and he shows a supervisor who was uh, the German railway inspector, and he realized immediately that wow, we're sitting on an area full and rich of diamonds. And so here comes the beginning of the big mining boom. So it's a boom town. Colmanskop becomes a diamond mining town. German miners began to settle there. And then soon after the German Empire declared this area, uh, 
basically off limits, that this was an area where they could exploit and mine the diamonds. And of course, the first diamond miners came into the area. The residents built a village in German-style towns, so to speak. And there was a hospital. There was a ballroom, a power station, a school. There was a theater, a sports hall, a casino. And here's one that just kind of blows my mind. There was an ice factory. And that makes me kind of chuckle a little bit because I think, wow, here we are in the middle of the oldest desert, probably reaching anywhere between 110 and 120 a day. And we have an ice factory and the first x-ray station in the Southern Hemisphere as well. So here we are, just kind of the history of Kolmanskop and where we come. Now, the town itself really started to decline during World War I but it really kind of lasted past World War II. So the major thing that really caused the decline, and it kind of is a gradual thing that leads into the 50s before Kolmanskop is officially wiped off the map and slowly buried by the desert, is that there was another mine that was essentially discovered. And this happened in 1928, where the richest diamond-bearing deposits ever known in the world were found on the beach terraces about 270 kilometers south of where Kolmanskop was. So closer to the Orange River. And of course, what happened is many of the town inhabitants doing what miners do best left for better opportunities. So they headed further south so they can mine those diamond fields instead. The town ultimately was abandoned in 1956. And that's when the geological forces of the desert began to overcome and slowly bury the town of Coleman Scott. There seems to be a second life that's coming to be with Coleman Scott, and that is in 2002, a local private company called Ghost Town Tours was awarded the concession to go ahead and take tours, take people to Coleman Scott so they could go ahead and photograph the sand-covered ruins. And it sounds like today as many as 35,000 tourists are seeing the site every year. So that's exciting because that brings money into the area. And so as we look into the overall history of Kolmanskop, definitely hit its boom. It was one of the most wealthiest areas in the world with the diamond production that it was doing. And of course, overnight just collapsed as those diamonds just kind of slowly dissipated and another area was discovered. And so boom and bust, a boom and bust mining town. And as these pictures kind of show us the reclamation of the desert taking these homes over, burying them, it really just kind of plays in mind what we're really looking at when we're looking at things like with ghost towns. You know, in the Midwest, we talk a little bit about towns that over time are overtaken by nature. They might be on a nice farm field, for example. So that town that is totally abandoned, of course, is now one with the field. Or a town that is up in northern Minnesota with the iron ore. That's a mining boom and bust, gone, mining town, disappeared, or going all the way out to the West Coast into deserts that are there, boom and bust with the gold mining rush, or ghost towns that are everywhere in the world. We're just kind of seeing things like, what about towns that were essentially buried underwater because, or submerged, right, due to the creation of a dam? So you have these creations of ghost towns and, of course, Coleman Scop 
is no different. This is a boom and bust mining town with the diamonds. And you can see the buildings, of course, are starting to be reclaimed. But the cool part about it is, is this is getting photographed. We're getting to see these things, you know, in great color. Gives us the opportunity to really understand more. So I think this is a great place to just kind of stop for a second before we go much further with Coleman Scop and just kind of look at the history in Namibia and especially the colonization with the Germans. Now this used to be called West South Africa, which is no longer. And when they had this colonized, and of course they were depleting the diamonds, there was an uprising about four years before diamonds were discovered in Kolmanskop. Now this uprising is important because when we look at history and we look at what happened at this place, to try to figure out what kind of led up to maybe some of the things that happened during the Holocaust, during World War II um, with the Nazis. And so the struggling colony of Southwest Africa was built on a legacy of colonial violence. And there was an uprising. The Namibian Herero people rebelled against the German colonizers. And of course there was a major retaliation it became a mass genocide, the first genocide basically at the turn of the century. The killing of over 60,000 of the Herero people and, and the natives there of that country. You already have a country that is one of the least populated in the world. Greenland, I believe, leads the charge with that as far as amount of people per square mile. With Namibia, it was only like two or three per square mile. So not very many people to begin with and all of a sudden you have this mass genocide. Four years later, boom, they discover diamonds in Kolmanskop and all of a sudden we have a boom and bust situation. Prospectors were becoming rich overnight simply, now get this, this is the thing that kind of blows my mind on this, simply by picking diamonds off the desert floor. It was so plentiful of diamonds that you could literally just kind of walk around, hey, there's a pretty rock, I think I'll kick it down the street a little bit. Next thing you know, you're kicking a diamond, pick that baby up. But German authorities wanted greater control over this. And so they cracked down, of course, declared that a vast area of the Namibia area be restricted. Okay, They were for forbidding entry into that area just so people can come around and pick up diamonds off the ground. They wanted to kind of hoard that, bring that in. Um, there was a Berlin-based company that came in, um, they displaced people as they constructed uh, mines all over, and people were, of course, forced to live in cramped quarters. It's a typical, you know, mining situation where it was harsh environments. But, of course, like I said earlier, it wasn't the last. The diamonds were depleted, and over time, Kolmanskop was completely abandoned. So just an interesting story there of life and death boom and bust mining town all right so we have just a little bit coming up here at the end of the segment just a few stories on some future projects that we're doing and we will be back right after this hi my name is dan klein here the voice and the creator behind midwest ghost town glad that you have come to be a part of what we're doing here on this podcast of course we produce videos as well as the podcast and of course sometimes 
that can be a struggle trying to juggle both things, but we know that we're going out there creating content as much as possible and hearing from you probably is one of the greatest things of doing this podcast. I kind of look at this as like a community, a community hearing from people who love history, people who love ghost towns, stories, and so forth. And so simply just emailing me is a great way to get a hold of me, and that could be at Midwest Ghost Town at gmail.com. Also, of course, you can get a hold of us on Once Upon a Time, what was called Twitter. Now I think it's called X, and you can get a hold of us on YouTube and Facebook as well with the same name, Midwest Ghost Town. So look forward to hearing from all of you. And of course, um, if you haven't had a chance to subscribe, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. If not, that's okay. We still value you coming along on the journey. You can find us both on YouTube and on Spotify. We will not go too much longer on this podcast today, just simply because we are in the middle of researching our next one, which I think that you'll find fascinating as well as we go ahead part three we're going to be leaving the country of namibia heading further north into the uae in the middle east where we'll be covering the ghost town of el madame in the middle east so another great scenario where we're going overseas and again this is another one that's going to be covered with our photographs from james Kerwin. he also has that photographed as well but these are fascinating towns, fascinating stories, ghost towns. We can learn a lot about the history of going back and learning about the stories, learning about the people. And really, it's the story of the people that really make ghost towns what it's all about. Where we like to use the phrase on this channel, let's keep history alive. And we like to do that here simply by telling the stories, remembering the stories, and like I said, you're part of that as well. Thanks for following along. Come with us next Friday as we unleash part three of Ghost Towns Under the Sand. This is Midwest Ghost Town. <laughs>